Yeah, this was a nice relief because, like, I genuinely didn't know what to expect coming into this. I heard it was good, but I've heard a lot of things are good. And mm-hmm. I'm learning more and more that nobody actually knows what good is <laughs> I, anymore, I, if I, ever. I have watched things recently that have made me question, like, what is a joke? What is a scene? It's all topsy turvy. <laughs> Hello, Mission Recall listeners. I'm Oriana Schwint. I'm Steve Parkhurst. And we're back. We're back. We're back. And Blade is finally streaming again. <laughs> sort of, it took a while for us to find it on HBO Max, but it is there as of October 18th. Yeah, I feel like we need to uh, provide some context because we were going to watch Blade for our Halloween special, but Blade disappeared. It was, it was on either HBO or Netflix or something. I think it was HBO. And then it was gone. Vanished in the night. Like a vampire. <laughs> as you, if you will. It vanished with the rising of the sun like, like a vampire. So we decided we'd watch... Event Horizon. Instead, and that was kind of a bummer. But Blade is back, baby. And at it, least for a limited time. You know, get it while it lasts. And I'm so happy because I had never seen Blade. I had never seen Blade. Which is a real surprise. Like, I grew up very sheltered. And, of course, this this was not a movie that would ever have been okay for me to watch for, like, a long time. And then it just kind of wasn't on my radar, which is such a shame because it fucking rules. Yeah, I honestly don't know what my excuse was. I just, it kind of just i missed it i just missed it i don't remember ever thinking like i don't want to see this movie or not doesn't look like it's for me i just never had that in front of me as an option for whatever reason but now we have seen the light of the half vampire god i guess half vampire half man all badass Ooh, was Uh, that the tagline nope i just made it up Uh, yeah, so this was fun because unlike with Event Horizon where I had seen it and you hadn't, we yeah. both went into this fresh-faced, not knowing what to expect. And, like, I had never, I didn't even know a synopsis other than, like, I, I'm pretty sure I knew he was part vampire. I think that was all I knew. Yeah. That's it. I, he, I knew he was a daywalker and I knew that Stephen Dorff was in it. And that was sort of the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> Um, but there are so many good people in this movie. But first, so, I, you know, if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it, I, I encourage you to rectify that immediately and then come back and listen. But if anyone needs a little bit of a refresher, Steve, tell us tell us what Blade is about. Blade, played by Wesley Snipes, is a half vampire, half human who is made that way by a vampire biting his mom while she was pregnant with him. He fights vampires with the help of his father figure Whistler, played by Chris Christopherson, and is trying to stop a vampire named Frost, played by Stephen Dorff, from waking the blood god. Along the way, hematologist Karen Jensen, played by Ian Boucher Wright, joins him in his fight while looking for a cure for vampirism. This movie fucking rules, as I said earlier. What, what was kind of like the first moment? that you realized this is like we're we're in for a great time i actually think it happened pretty early for me just it did that 90s movie thing of every uh 
youth activity being <laughs> being a rave. Uh, and this was no different. There's a rave in the beginning. But I think where it clicked for me was when the sprinkler system kicked on and it was all blood. Yeah. So this is a vampire rave. Yeah, I want to be point clear. out. Yeah. I want to point out this is a vampire rave and we follow, you know, some schmuck who has fallen for a, a honey pot, a vampire's like honey pot. Played by Tracy Lords, noted uh, porn star. You know, good, good shit. And then at, at the rave, the sprinklers start raining blood on everyone. That guy gets freaked out and it looks like he's done for, but then Blade shows up and just starts mowing people down. And that's what I love. So just before that, you know, the opening of this movie is a flashback and it's very brief. It is basically wordless. There's no dialogue in this flashback. It's very brief. It's the birth of Blade or Eric. (laughs) Little Eric. You know, his mom quote unquote dies there's no or does or she does she um spoiler alert she she's a vampire and there's a whole weird interesting yeah psychosexual thing happening there stuff. that for me set the right tone because we may or may not have just been watching a seemingly popular television series where People are are basically vampires, but there's not there isn't this level of gore or fun or interesting, and it's just people talking at each other, just monologuing like I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is something where it feels like screenwriters in this day and age of nothing but content, where everything mm-hmm. needs to be as much as possible the episodes need to be as long as possible it's not that there are more episodes if anything there are fewer fewer. but the episodes themselves are bloated just an hour and 10 minutes or so just jesus christ that's that's almost half an hour more than you usually got whereas in blade uh blade (laughs) is basically your sort of cowboy archetype he's very quiet very reserved doesn't say much just to the point he has his quips you know he's got swag he's got swag he's got one-liners like he's got all the classic trappings of your kind of old school movie star badass and that not to sound like oh you know good old-fashioned masculinity right 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 but like there is something to be said for just keeping it simple. Yeah. Getting the character across with a look with a, Trust your actor. You know, just trust your actors, trust them to have the characterization down without having to just talk. Talk, talk, talk. talk. So I really appreciate that like, you know, most of this this the first part of the movie, there isn't a lot of dialogue and they also aren't throwing exposition at you about the world. You can clearly see that the people at the rave are vampires because they have fangs and they enjoy the blood rain. Like, cool. And then Blade starts killing them and they dust in in the classic Buffy way, which I love. <laughs> um, the special effects are around the same. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, and, you know, you don't really need much more than that. There are some interesting little quirks in the vampire lore here, but they come out really organically and And despite the fact that we have our sort of audience surrogate character in Karen, uh, she never feels like an annoying fish out of water character. Yeah, she strikes the right balance. And that's one thing this movie does tonally is strike 
a good balance. Uh, but her in particular, she is the audience surrogate, and she is used as an exposition object. But she is enough of a character, yeah, and she, she's in for the ride. Like she I just love that she's get she's down. Yeah, she's like okay, I got bit by a vampire. You know, there's like a few minutes of her being like, "Are you kidding? What? What?" And then she's like, "Well, all right, I guess this is happening." And I'm going to help you guys. Yeah. And it's it happens fairly quickly, but it still actually doesn't feel weird or like they're leaping over chasms of logic. No. Uh, it's just like in this world, vampires are real. And even the people who don't know it are pretty quick to just be like, yeah, all right, makes sense. Because like the legend of the legends that are the basis for vampire stories exist in this world. And that's like... Such a huge bugbear of mine is is when shows or movies pretend that people have never heard stories about vampires or zombies. You know, they call them walkers. Oh, they brother. or they, you know, won't they refuse to call the obvious vampires vampires. It's just absolutely infuriating and it's a huge barrier because you keep shouting at the screen like it's a fucking vampire. As happens in a certain show that will be not be named. I don't know. You know, maybe there's maybe there's one out there right now that, that has vampires in it. That they don't that call they them just... vampires and everyone takes it very seriously and it's very dour and very fucking boring. It's just so boring. Blade is not boring. It's so well paced. And like you said, there is this balance of humor of tone it knows exactly what kind of movie it is and so what's so interesting too is it feels kind of a similar vibe to the marvel netflix series like daredevil jessica jones that kind of thing and i i genuinely really liked those shows they were fun even though you know daredevil gets a little dour sometimes but even that is pretty fun because charlie cox is very charismatic and you have the same thing going on with blade what was so fascinating for me with blade was how that tonal balance doesn't seem like it should work like it's this gory vampire action movie Mm -hmm. you know there's a part of me that thinks it should be as silly and goofy as like evil dead 2 right uh, which is just so over the top and and you know comical, and there are elements of that. Yeah, like there's... he's definitely got a hail to the king, baby kind of <laughs> kind of vibe to him. Uh, you know, he and Bruce Campbell could exist in the same universe, and it, it would fit. That would have been fun. That would that would have been fun, but it doesn't veer that far into camp either. Like right? it manages to hold this sort of again cowboy like western vibe to it as well, and it's an interesting balance. I'm not entirely sure exactly how they were able to achieve that because on the surface it's a very silly premise. <laughs> um and maybe this goes, you know, I think this really it comes down to the actors. Yeah. Uh like Everyone knows what movie they're in, like you said. They bring the right level of like going along with it and allowing the audience to kind of get swept mm-hmm. up in it and taking it seriously enough in universe while never being so dour and pretentious about it. Right. Like so many movies now where it's just like you have to take this deadly serious. I mean, the show. There's, there's the a show. The show, but also certain movie trailers have have come out recently where it's like oh boy this again we're taking this so seriously we're doing latte foam art with our but villain, it's serious but it's serious take it seriously like come on you know this is just so fun it's so fun like there's a you know a moment near the end where 
uh, Blade ha- has been without his sunglasses. They've been taken from <sighs> him. So And great. he blows away the vampire holding them and they like fly into his hand basically. And it just fucking rules. I wish that I had seen this in a theater so that I could just clap and cheer at that moment. Just hooting and hollering. Oh my God. I think that's a good opportunity to segue into just applauding the cast of this movie because the vampire that he takes the sunglasses from is donald Lowe. yes who oh a giant young baby he's so big (laughs) Uh, but he's great you know he's so great in everything and this is no exception he's the comic relief in this movie but he's not annoying like i don't know how he does it because those lines should be annoying yeah that character should be really annoying. And somehow it's just Donald Logue is so inherently likable that it just works. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, Steven Dorff is the villain, like has the right balance of kind of a dipshit, but also a little menacing. And like, he feels like he would run a VC company today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of a bro. He's a crypto guy. <laughs> oh, God, he is a crypto guy. He would totally be into crypto. He would have have like what, nfc's nft nft nfc <laughs> afc nfc he would have nfts of like yeah. bad pixel vampire art um, but really this movie belongs to its its lead actors uh wesley snipes and and boucher Wright. and hey a cast with like black leads and it's fucking great who would have thunk yeah, Marvel should have. Uh, should this is get a Marvel movie. This is a Marvel movie, and like black people are everywhere. They're part of the fabric of the movie, and it's like, hello, hello. You've had it here the whole time. What have you been doing? So I do want to get into my Marvel soapbox, but I feel like before we do that, I don't want to, you know, give short shrift to the cast and like yeah, yeah, Wesley yeah. Snipes and Anne Boucher, right? And actually, uh, so we mentioned blade's mom yeah earlier so here's a fun little uh imdb trivia (laughs) she is lisa arthur in season three of succession which as we're recording this episode one of season three just dropped last night and uh as we were watching blade i was like oh she looks familiar who is that looked her up and it's sana laughing latham oh fuck there's no i'm sorry sana if we mispronounced your name but you are amazing, and you you look the same. It's crazy. Uh, but she's, you know, that was just a fun little moment. Uh, still looks amazing. Yeah, she makes a fucking meal out of this role, too, in Blade. Like, she's creepy. Like, there's this weird Oedipal thing, but, like, reverse Oedipus. Of, like, yeah, yeah. Like, she's just sort of hot for her son. Uh, I guess because vampires are just horny all the time. Another thing, this movie is, oh, like, that's a good there point. isn't a lot of... There isn't really sex in this movie, but it is horny because vampires are inherently horny. There's the blowjob in the beginning. That's right. Donald Logue gets a blowjob. <laughs> Donald Logue is getting a beige at the rave, uh, the blood rave. And and uh, Blade's mom is like touching him in, in very upsetting just, just ways. getting uncomfortably <laughs> close. But it, it's, it's a horny movie. Even though there isn't much sex in it. And like that is so sorely lacking in all of the Marvel movies, including Venom even. Like we get sexy Venom, but it's not that horny. And sexy Venom wasn't as sexy this time around. I'm, I'm it's so very sorry. Upsetting. But uh, vampires have always been a metaphor for sort of carnal yeah. desire. I mean, that's like the root of the of the 
the folklore. Yeah, from but also, you know, not just the folk the actual folklore, but in pop culture from True Blood all the way back to Nosferatu, like yeah. it has always been about sort of unchecked desire. Mm-hmm. And I know there isn't a lot of sex in Blade, uh, if any, except the blowjob. Yeah. But that final scene of him drinking oh my god, it's Karen's so blood, erotic in like, a horrible way. That is that is a sex scene. Like it ends yeah. in an orgasm, yeah. basically. I, it's kind of a it's kind of a rape scene. It's a little, it's a little rapey. Um, I mean, I guess there's consent. That, which is the she point, but that say, is kind of the point of it, right. though. Like, it's like it's a it's violation. A, yeah, it's a bad. Th- it's it's not. Good. viewed as a good thing that he is like continuing to drink past the point where she's like stop right yeah he has held off his desires to drink blood the entire movie and finally the you know he's been allowed to do that and then kind of goes too far mm-hmm. uh, and has lost control and there's a lot of different ways to read that and then goes and kills Stephen Dorff <laughs> and look I'm happy to shit on Marvel movies all day but it's not just Marvel movies, no. like you said, Venom, but all pretty much all blockbusters now. And Blade is a good example of, like, you don't need sex to be horny. Yes, yes. Like, I think a lot of people conflate those two for obvious reasons. Sure. But, like, no, we don't need sex sex in movies. We That's need what, sensuality. Exactly. That's what porn is for. If you just want sex, there's just the internet. Just go, yeah. But sensuality and just sex as metaphor, like, mm. just horniness just yeah. regular good old-fashioned american horniness yeah you just you want the d or the v or whatever whatever it is you want like a movie can have that element without showing any penetration without it being a whole thing <laughs> but like that's so that is just completely drained so to speak oh uh from modern filmmaking from modern blockbuster yeah filmmaking I think it I it's a big it. contributing factor to just how fucking boring these yeah. movies are now. Sex sells is a, a truism for a reason. Like, and again, it doesn't have to be sex, sex, but it does have to. You you need people desiring each other for know. motivation. Yeah, man, it's like the most basic thing that hunger, which is why the vampirism thing works so well. Right. Like, That's why it's such a classic metaphor. Is it's hunger. It's desire and it's you know losing control and all that comes with that like there's so much to unpack with it that's why they have worked as characters and stories for centuries yeah so yeah blade fucking great and it's depressing to know that they're working on a reboot of blade within the mcu right now uh and again it's getting a great actor mahershal ali is gonna be the new blade and he's great love him and like he is very sensual he He is is a very sensual man and but so maybe maybe this is not a dig at him or any of the great actors that marvel gets because of course it gets great actors it has more money than god yeah i don't believe that movie is going to have even a fraction of the same sense of attraction, sensuality, desire, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, like just the horniness of the original Blade. I'll eat my hat. 
if that turns out to be untrue if it turns I, out to actually i will be make horny. sure he eats the hat because i hope you're wrong i really do i would not care at all about the blade rem- in fact i forgot that it was happening until you said it right now sorry I would love to see a continuance. I don't want like a reboot. Like, I don't want a remake of this movie. I think it's, is it going to be a continuance? Because they made two other, you know. No, my, I mean, okay. So I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. My guess is they're going to try to distance themselves from this blade because it doesn't really fit into the au revoir of their (laughs) current style and their universe. It is. The visual style is great it's dark there's lots of stuff that takes place at night in deep dark basements and that kind of thing but it doesn't feel dark it doesn't feel oppressive you can see colors still there's still lots of colors well it's the fact that it gets skin tones right like Mm -hmm. everybody i think that's the big thing like people i don't think fully understand just color correction in general Mm. where it's not about something being dark. It's about, can you see faces? Mm-hmm. Are the faces properly balanced? Do they look like actual flesh? Mm-hmm. Uh, and movies now, for the most part, they don't. They yeah. always have sort of a pallid gray tone to the skin. Uh, that's because they kind of just slap a lot on all the footage to make it kind of gray and bleh. Yeah. Uh, and this movie, you know, obviously shot on film because this was before digital, mm-hmm. but everyone just has a richness uh, to yeah, them. Yeah, even, I mean, you know, Stephen Dorff is a vampire who is often wearing like sunscreen. Which is so great. it's such a great little touch. But he he's pretty pallid and Yet there is a complexity and a richness to his skin tone that you it's just kind of absent now and in lots of uh, movies that are shot today. Also, like I, I know that black skin needs it needs to be lit differently. You need to actually have people who know what they're doing and lo and behold they had people who knew what they were doing yeah everybody looks great um you know kind of people of all the different colors that's true this this is like a fairly diverse movie there's a whole scene in a japanese i think it's a japanese oh the club club. yeah yep they don't explain that at all but you're like oh what if the yakuza is actually like a a ring of vampires or something that's fun and there's all this stuff about how the vampires own the cops basically which is fucking like great blade said a cab baby so one of the cops is actually sort of a renfield for steven dorf's character frost where he's just uh, an errand boy and he's trying to kill karen and blade has to beat him up and you know get information out of him so it's fun especially for a big budget and now a marvel movie it's fun to see one that does say like yeah fuck the lapd right fuck the cops like these people are incompetent assholes are just firing into crowds they're corruptible and corrupt yeah uh and they're servants like they're they're servants of the ruling class Mm -hmm. as it were huh hmm Hmm. isn't that fucking interesting there is this fun little strain of the older vampires that are consider themselves pure blood because they were born vampires which i'm not super sure how that works i didn't know vampires could breed traditionally that's not a thing i i don't think or at least in most of the vampire media sure that i have consumed over the decades that hasn't really been a thing 
Um, but I also, like, I don't need to know. It's fine for me to be kind of like, huh. But so the pure blood vampires look down upon the vampires who have been turned from humans into vampires. And like, that's this fun little strain of like, oh yeah, vampires have a version of racism yeah, themselves. Yeah, there's, there's vampire racism. Like they're sort of against miscegenation, basically. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And I think not really explaining how vampires are born, how there are pure bloods. But also what I like about that is it hints at this sort of greater universe, sort of like the Yakuza slash Japanese club, where you see a little glimpse of all the other things that are happening, but you aren't given all the information Mm -hmm. it's not just an exposition dump that's a fun little bit where we don't need to know everything uh, but we get just enough to intrigue us like yeah what's the deal with these guys and they're all wearing sunglasses why is there vampire racism yeah huh and it is interesting that you know steven dorf's whole thing is actually like fixing vampire racism by making everyone a vampire it's kind of interesting like it's bad to turn everyone into vampires for a lot of reasons but his motive like he's one of those villains with a motive that you're like oh i can kind of see this like yeah he he had some good ideas you know he is a victim of vampire racism Mm -hmm. speaking of uh the vampire racists like this older ruling class of purebloods udo kier has a role in this and he's great he's this sort of leader of the purebloods and his death scene is very gory and kind of reminds me of like Raiders of the Lost Ark when the guy's face gets melted like what's kind of a shame is that looks like it was mostly practical with a little bit of CGI Mm -hmm. added in and then later you start to get some janky CGI with Steven Dorff's character so it feels like there was a shift that happened mid-production where like oh we can do this good enough yeah we can do this with the computer Um, but what we were talking about earlier after watching this is how much even though there are those little janky moments with the CGI they're just quick moments, so yeah. they're easy to forgive, easy to overlook. It doesn't really pull you out of the scene yeah. too much. Yeah, uh, and it's it's not the whole movie, and it feels like movies today that are 90 to 95% CGI, they're going to age just like Blade did, but unlike Blade, the entire thing is those janky CGI yep. scenes. How is that going to look in, in 20 years? My guess is... Probably not great, although the good thing great. is that it won't matter because... We'll all have died from climate change. Well, sure. So silver silver lining there. Blade slices Steven Dorf in half and he pulls himself back together with his blood, which is actually like a very cool concept. And I think that's why you forgive the CGI. It does, the blood does not look very good, but you forgive it because that's a cool concept. That whole final fight scene is just very well choreographed. You follow the action really nicely. The way in which Blade and Karen have discovered to like, it's a new way to kill vampires basically by making them explode, by injecting them with um, a blood thinner that that a hospital uses. Um, And we see it for the first time, you know, a little bit before this big fight scene, this big climactic battle between two guys. Remember when that was a thing, when you could just have two guys fighting and that was enough? That was your final scene. Yeah, that was your final battle. Amazing. But so we see it a little bit before where Blade is once again fighting like two people and he stabs and they, they balloon up and pus and it almost looks like the heads at the end of Total Recall. That's it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, there's a very... It's not the same, but there is kind of a similar principle at play. uh, And it looks looks great. It's so disgusting. (laughs) Well, and I think some of it is... 
practical. practical. I think like the woman's was all practical. The guys might have been sort of a mix. Yeah. But then it happens again and it's clearly all CGI, but it's actually, it looks like they had time to do it. They had time and because he is the only thing in frame and he's not moving around, I think that that's what makes that work. It's so nice to just have a gory movie. Well, what's interesting is like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of gratuitous violence. And yet I really enjoyed this movie. And it's, you know, heaps of gore and oceans of blood, I guess, because it feels like a comic book movie. I don't know. So I think that's a good segue to finally get into my Marvel soapbox. Oh, boy. It does feel like a comic book movie in that it has its own style. It has its own vibe. It has its energy. And it's very much just an R-rated action with a little bit of horror, mm-hmm. you know, a, gore. A dollop of comedy. Comedy. It's very much its own thing. And I got kind of sad after the movie ended as I was thinking about all the Marvel characters that have come into being on film since Blade and how they're all basically the exact same thing now. Everybody shoots lasers either out of their eyes or hands or fingers. They all have the same kind of general personalities. Yeah, they're all Iron Man knockoffs. Yeah, they're all trying to be Robert Downey Jr. It's boring because you could have every character kind of have his own thing. Thor could be sort of fantastical and Shakespearean. And he's he's a himbo, too. And he's a himbo. And, like, like, they've done a better job adhering to the himbo truth of the character, but... We'll see how that holds up. But also, you know, you've got very charming actors. Like we said, Marvel can afford them all, so you get great actors in there. But there's just less and less room for anything to exist as its own thing rather than just one part of this greater cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't have a lot of hope for New Blade because it's just going to be more the same, you know? Like, what is a defining feature of any of these movies other than they are just another marvel movie Mm -hmm. that looks the same feels the same and everyone acts the same uh the stakes are the same yeah it's always just the world or the universe like the line delivery is the same like the exposition like it's it's truly a formula in the worst sense of the of the word like formulas are good in in theory they exist for a reason but when the formula is the entire franchise for over 20 movies now it, i'm bored man i'm so bored i just yeah i want a different that was why venom <laughs> felt like venom feels very of a piece with blade for whatever reason i'm linking the two in my in my heart in your head canon in my heart there's a similar playfulness and also a similar acknowledgement that this is a comic book movie like and venom is this like body horror buddy cop rom-com this weird unholy mix and blade has a similar mix of like just a bunch of different yeah you've got stuff you've got vampires you've you've uh, got a german expressionism in there you've got sort of you know victorian elements of the old uh, vampire and even older stuff like debt you know there's this i'm such a sucker for lore of any kind and there's some really interesting like ancient vampire lore 
lore that's hinted at. You know, they have a Bible. <laughs> they have a vampire Bible. And I'm like, yes, give me the vampire Bible. But don't because like not in this movie. It's fine. It's fine. But like I like to know that it's there. I don't have to know everything about it. I But it's cool that there's this world out there. And I'm j- getting just a taste of it. It kind of reminds me of reading The Lord of the Rings for the first time and being like, wait, these people are mentioning all these other things, but I, what are they? And it's never explained and it just adds to the to the fabric, to the yeah. texture. Well, that's world building. Like, that's what you're supposed what? to do. Building a world doesn't mean explaining every last element. It's just about, like, here's the general gist can, of it. Can you go back in time and tell the writer of Dune the novel about that? Because, holy shit, the first 50 pages of that book are just a giant info dump. So that's our hot Dune take for, for this episode. <laughs> I like Dune the book. I'm not like, I, I, I did end up liking it a lot, but that first 50 pages are fucking tough to get through. So how about that? <laughs> I, I haven't read. Dune. Sorry. I also haven't seen uh, the David Lynch Me movie. Me neither. We'll have to do that. But uh, by the time this comes out, we'll have probably seen the new Dune. Uh, <gasps> new Dune. Danny Villeneuve. <laughs> uh, which is exciting. I, I I hear it's good, so I'm looking forward to that. Another movie that this feels like a like a, a heart sibling with is The Matrix. So these, I don't think that there was anyone copying anything at all. I think it was just, it's like parallel aesthetics almost. Blade premiered in like April of '98, and The Matrix premiered in March of '99. And there is a very similar vibe. There's the costuming, some of the action sequences. Like Blade doesn't have real bullet time, but it does. There, there's like a an approximation of bullet time. Yeah, where Stephen Dorff just chucks that little kid into the street, <laughs> which is very funny. But there, there's another scene too, or another shot that is sort of bullet timey. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. Yeah, like you said, it's it doesn't quite. have quite the same like uh, technical superiority of the bullet time sequence, but uh, it's there. And yeah, it is of a piece with the Matrix. He's even called the Chosen One. Right. At there's one a point. the prophecy is about Blade. Yeah. They so need Blade's blood. You know, it is a sort of one guy against this underworld of rulers who are he's trying to take down. And they're superhuman. And there's one guy within the rulers who is not really playing by the rules. You're yeah. Agent Smith, if you will. And so it's kind of a similar storyline in an interesting way. Um, and yeah, I don't think anyone was ripping anyone else off. Not at all. Uh, they're different movies. Right. And I mean, it's entirely possible, you know, Blade the comic had been around for a long time. It's totally possible that that was just an influence on yeah. the design. Well, the and the Wachowskis have come out and said that they were influenced by a bunch of different yeah. stuff. And it obviously it shows. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was some Blade influence in, in The Matrix. Kind of a fun little moment in, in film history yeah. of these movies that were shockingly similar. Yeah. Blade did very well. It was successful. Yeah. But it didn't have quite the same cultural impact that uh, The Matrix had, obviously. Mm. And it's kind of a shame because it's just a good, fun time. Like it it moves right along. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's doing a great job in their roles. And Boucher, right, is so understated in this role. I can't like praise it enough because she 
like it's so grounded while fitting right in well she's just a perfect example of an audience surrogate like she does everything you need her to do in terms of getting you into this world being you know the person that is guiding you through this Mm -hmm. world while still having her own characterization Mm -hmm. she's still a person she still has agency and she's not just getting swept up in it like she's taking part in it she's active but she's also learning as we're learning Mm -hmm. it's just it's good screenwriting yeah and she does an amazing job with it and it could be a bit of a thankless role in less competent hands yeah and she really makes the most of it and turns it into something it might not have even been on the page really i don't know but like that's it might be like like with donald logue as we talked about it's always amazing to me what an actor can bring to a character to a role and just make so much more of it than you would have ever thought was possible just as it was written especially because like like we said wesley snipes is very reserved it says almost nothing yeah he he does not have a lot of lines in this movie what lines there are are kind of not quippy even but just matter of fact statements of sort of badassery yeah yeah uh and that's kind of leaving it up to everybody else to act around him mm-hmm. and fill the rest of the movie with texture which everyone does mm-hmm. like donald logue Stephen dorf christopherson mm-hmm. everybody has this sort of job to surround this very prickly cipher cipher. yeah but he also does do a lot of great face acting at the same time there is some terrific like yeah just a little smile here a little kind of you know like a darting yeah like a a darting of the eyes or just like a slight widening of them it's it's like really great subtle work like i got to interview wesley snipes 24 14, 2015. Wow, name dropping much? I know. I was working at TV Guide and he was in an NBC show called The Player, which did not last very long. And I'm sad that I didn't, that I hadn't watched Blade because I would have loved to have been like, dude, let's just talk about Blade. <laughs> It might be better that you didn't, though, because like probably things kind of went off the rails by Blade Trinity, yeah, the, the third one, which yeah. we did not watch. We didn't watch either of the Blade sequels. I do actually want to watch Blade Two now, because yeah. I believe that I'm was directed it. by Guillermo del Toro. <gasps> what? Yeah. Uh, so could just watch that. I think the the trilogy is on HBO Max for yeah. at least a few minutes. And that isn't Stephen Norrington did a great job. That's the director. He directed a script by David Esquire, which is fascinating. Which is Amazing. Yeah. He actually did a great job. He only directed like four movies. Yeah. Just another one of really those guys who just kind of popped up, put out a few bangers and, and was on his way. I was like, well, my work here is done. Like, oh, I'm out of wow. here. It's like, oh, shit. All right. That's a vibe. Take her easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to direct like three movies and, and then and just be like, all right, I got paid enough. I'm Let's th- go retire to the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Just go live <laughs> in the woods and have some chickens. That sounds nice. <laughs> Yeah, this was a nice relief because, like, I genuinely didn't know what to expect coming into this. I heard it was good, but I've heard a lot of things are good. And mm-hmm. I'm learning more and more that nobody actually knows what good is <laughs> I, anymore, I, if I, ever. I have watched things recently that have made me question, like, what is a joke? What is a scene? It's all topsy-turvy. <laughs> Something as simple as, like, wait, what is a jump scare? How do you do a jump scare? The simplest. Yeah. What is horror? Like, yeah. do we do we even know? And like, am I even <laughs> capable of being scared anymore? Maybe it's me. Right. Maybe, but like, no, no, no. it's not me. God no. damn it. It's the children who it, are wrong. It is the children who are wrong. But Blade 
succeeds on every level and i'm so thrilled that we finally finally yeah what a relief because yeah event horizon like we said was was Uh, a disappointment it was such a bummer because it's one of those that like good premise good ideas good actors poorly executed and the same very easily could have been true for blade like a great cast great concept and just sort of it would be easy to biff and they didn't biff it they nailed it like it was a home run uh and that's that's very nice and like i said it just kind of makes me sad for modern uh superhero movies we watched the second venom recently and that was one of the few breaths of fresh air it's it's like 90 minutes you know that's all that's it's all 90 it minutes but also honestly it could have been longer i could have gone I, for yeah, a little bit they're more they're actually the, i can't i this is the first time in i don't know how long that i'm like oh that actually could have used an extra like 10 minutes yeah to beef up some characters i guess spoilers for venom if you haven't seen it venom 2 that one ends with a reveal that he's now part of the marvel spider-man universe and therefore part of the mcu because spider-man's part of that the was MCU. a bummer that was a fucking bummer and man back to the soapbox for a second <laughs> a similar thing happened at the end of mandalorian season two yeah where obviously that's part of star wars of course no one's questioning that but at the end luke skywalker shows up or you know badly de-aged luke skywalker shows up it's just so draining because like we don't need this we were having a great time without luke we were having a great time without peter parker i like tom holland i haven't hated the spider-man movies but it's more just like are they gonna drain what makes venom interesting in the way are they gonna let tom hardy be a fucking weirdo or are they gonna turn him into sort of a a smirking quip machine just like everyone else no I hope not. Uh, you know, the Venom movies have been their own thing. And whether you like them or hate them, they are unique. And that's incredibly rare they, in any blockbuster yeah. filmmaking these days, particularly superhero movies. You know, it is kind of the perfect marriage of actor and role, like to the point where Tom Hardy gets got a story by credit with um kelly marcel the screenwriter for for venom 2 who also wrote the first 50 shades movie which um, is fun which is really fun mahershala ali has the ability to be an incredible blade i think and i really hope that they give him the opportunity to do that and be sexy and weird and cool let him be cool please but not quippy cool not quippy actual cool. cool and he doesn't have to be you know wesley snipes 2.0 he can be his own version of blade like let him interpret it however he wants as long as it's how he wants it's as long as it's like its own thing and i think wesley snipes and tom hardy are both good archetypes for allowing the actors and the director and and the writers like allowing the creative team to actually be creative Mm -hmm. and and make interesting characters and make interesting choices yes i don't know that's also what makes florence Pugh like a joy to watch yeah she She always makes such interesting choices she just does so much with her face like her and uh again tom hardy like they should be in a movie together oh my god like just 
make faces at each other for a couple of hours. <laughs> and I would be I would be all over that. I'm in. Yeah, so let Tom Hardy and Florence Pugh just do like a remake of the Kuleshov effect where it's just them making faces with random images playing. <laughs> I'd watch like, I don't know, 90 minutes, two hours of that. That'd be a lot of fun. Let's manifest that. Let's yeah. put that energy out into the universe. And let's like, I hope that the new Blade is good. But if not, Old Blade is fucking great. Yeah, Old Blade exists. Seek it out. Buy it, I guess. I like, think buy it. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem stable. Yeah, it seems like it sort of floats around from place to place. Yeah, Marvel produced it. I think most, a lot of people are sort of aware of the general history of Blade. Marvel did actually produce it in the past before Marvel was what it is today. They tended to just license out their characters. Mm -hmm. X-Men, X-Men at 20th Century Fox, Spider-Man at Sony, etc. Blade was one of the characters that was small enough in their roster that nobody really wanted it. And so they were able to scrounge up enough money to produce this movie for, I believe, around $45 million. So not nothing, but certainly not like a huge budget. And it, it was successful, but I'm not entirely sure sure of the logistics of this but they ended up only making about like $25,000 despite the movie being very successful because of it had something to do with like how it was co-produced and who actually kind of reaped the the profits domestically it pulled in like 70 million and then uh, worldwide it was like 120 something million yeah that's crazy so Marvel was in a bad place in the 90s when it made this movie and even though this movie was a big hit and, and made decent money it didn't really help marvel that much financially but it was you know kind of the first one that they made on their own they didn't just license it out to somebody else i think it was probably because new line cinema Mm. probably took on the brunt of the cost of this movie at least of distribution r.i.p r.i.p new line cinema god damn they had a run you know it's funny i feel like if new line existed today uh like it did in the 90s it would have the same kind of cult following cult is a strong word like a24 it would be the a24 of the 90s if social media had been around then because it just put out such a wide wide variety of interesting movies you know people forget that new line cinema came about on the back of freddy krueger like that's how that was their first big hit really yeah they were a horror house to start with it was called the house that freddy built and then it became new line and just produced lord of the fucking Rings. yeah eventually climaxed with lord of the rings (laughs) and continued to exist after that but then got bought up i think they still technically use the logo every now and then but it is it's a shell of what it once was r.i.p to new line i wish i had like a t-shirt or something with their logo because Not yeah. to stand for a, a corporation or anything. Sure. They but did make a lot of very good movies. They made a lot of great movies. They took chances. That and is, like, so much of this was, like, you know, Blade was probably a huge fucking gamble for them. Lord of the Rings, huge fucking gamble. Like, Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings, they it was a gamble for the future of the studio like if that had flopped they would have been out of business just immediately you know a fellowship had pulled in like five million opening weekend (laughs) new line would have been gone i think why i'm so nostalgic for new line is yeah it's it's a corporation like don't don't cry too hard but good movies they took chances they didn't exclusively make good movies there are some stinkers in there of course but they took chances and now nobody really or fewer and fewer take chances 
and yet the movies are still kind of bad, mostly. It's not like, oh, no one takes chances anymore, but every movie is a banger. Mm -hmm. It's no one takes chances anymore. Every movie is content slurry. You know, I know there's been some backlash to A24 recently, and I would love for there to be more A24s doing different things. Like, you know, an A24 movie is kind of recognizable as an A24 movie. Well, now it is. Now it is. And I don't love that. I want movies to have their own style and flavor and not really be able to spot the production company behind it. They are the only ones who are willing to put out like an Arthurian... The Green Knight. Yeah. Yeah. An Arthurian tale? Like an obscure Arthurian tale. Like what? So The one that everyone hated reading in high school. Right. (laughs) They managed to turn that into like a hit. Yeah. That's crazy. It's an instruction. It's basically like... A weird fairy sex game slash instruction manual for how to be a member of the landed gentry. And yet... And yet, we went opening weekend. We did. And I'm so glad we did. It was uh, great. I can't... I We need to rewatch that. We it's do. so good. So this is all a long way of saying, like, New Line took a chance with Blade. Marvel took a chance with Blade. And if Marvel was continuing to take those kinds of chances yeah. and to create sort of genre films within the superhero uh, roster that they have i might still be kind of sick of superhero movies by now but at least different movies would have different vibes and feels Mm -hmm. and looks and it would lend itself to like a a more fun experience at the movies that's really all i want i'm a simple man (laughs) i think that's a fairly anodyne request i'm not i'm not looking for anything crazy here i'll i'll get right on that thank you. you i think that about wraps it up great movie See it however you can, and maybe next time we'll start a little Keanu block. Oh. Maybe. So, uh, yeah, now that you mention it, The Matrix 4 is coming out in December, so perhaps a couple of Keanu movies, in celebration of that fact, are in order. (laughs) The month of December should just be Keanu month or something. It should be decreed. Get on that, Joe Biden. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.